Okay, so today we are back, and it is an episode with just me and Kyle, unfortunately. Um, and what we're going to be discussing is the UFC's 241, as well as some of the experiences we've had with fasting, as well as some of Kyle's casual research on the matter. Um, but I wanted to start it off with a question for Kyle, since in the past, We've discussed the idea as far as artificial intelligence and being able to live on with um, with a state of consciousness, but not your same body. And Kyle made the the argument that he would continue to live um, on for infinity as opposed to dying and living a good life. He said that there is nothing on earth that would compel him to shorten his life and one of his biggest fears is losing his consciousness and so my question to start off is would you um trade off saving your entire family from um being thrown in a in a vat of acid or have the opportunity to if you didn't save them then you got to live for eternity. What do you choose? Starting off with a light-hearted subject. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I don't think I would throw my family in a vat of acid. <laughs> well, based it on goes your... against my non-aggression principle of do no harm but take no shit. I think that would be allowing harm to happen. Therefore, you should not do it. So. I think someone had asked you, I don't know if it was your girlfriend or what, would you rather be uh, burned for eternity and have that pain but still have consciousness and or, you know, be able to die? And you said burned for eternity. But what if you felt the pain of losing your family in a similar fashion for eternity? So I think this, I think this breaks the line of reasoning within your argument. So I, I think that there's nothing that could happen to me personally that would make me want to to not be eternal. However, if, if it comes down to choices of affecting other people, <laughs> then then that's where I would draw the line. Well, so we're I, glad I, to I hear think that's still uh, internally consistent, though. I think anybody who's listening is slightly happy to hear that you're not a complete <laughs> sociopath then. Well, I mean, the good thing about sociopaths is you can say the things that people want to hear and not believe it. So <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, now that we got that lighthearted question out of the way, uh, jumping into UFC 241, we got some fights um, coming up. And I guess it's going to be on Saturday. So it's going to be some pretty big fights. Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miosic. Um, probably butchering that guy's last name, but yeah, I'm looking for any time that you can see Daniel Cormier fight, I think is it's worth going out of your way to do. I mean, that dude's such a beast and in order, in order to keep fighting like at his championship level He's at 40, the age of 40 years old. Yeah. That's insane. And he, he gives up like six inches to this guy. Yeah. He's, he's like insane. a small, he's a smaller compact guy. And you know, body his frame is smaller. Yeah, his uh, 
He's also yeah. five pounds lighter. He's only five pounds lighter. Yeah. So he's his his stats are five nine, two thirty five, and Stipe is six three two forty with an eighty wow. inch reach as opposed to Daniel Cormier's seventy two and a half inch reach. The weird thing though about Cormier is that when he punches, he always like has some full extension, so he's able to like reach guys in a weird way that you wouldn't expect out of someone with his shorter reach. I think, I think it has a lot to do with how broad his shoulders are. I think that yeah. adds, adds a lot to his reach when he can twist and rotate that hard. Yeah. That adds like an extra six inches at least. Because like, when they do the reach, they just measure from your shoulder to your fingertips, right? Yeah. And he's got, like, he's got a damn good chin too. I think the only person who's ever knocked him out was John Jones who head kicked him into a, a different galaxy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been his only loss though, right? Um, well, that one was taken away because John Jones tested positive for steroids. That was the no contest. Yeah. It was the first fight they had that John Jones probably still was hot, but I think that one actually went through. So that was his, I believe his only loss. Yeah. That's nuts. That- so it should be a good fight. Their first fight was pretty interesting in that Daniel Cormier came out there and Stipe was, was pretty much handle him for the most part but uh they got into the clinch and cormier has some insane power and just knocked him out with an uppercut yeah that's i think if he can't if he can't uh use his height against cormier i I don't think he's gonna have a chance but hopefully he's learned from uh learned from his last knockout and uh tries to he threw some pretty good punches if i remember that anyway yeah but uh he needs to somehow figure out how to how to keep him away the interesting thing is that um daniel cormier has never lost that heavyweight yeah so um i think that stipe is going to come back with just an insane amount of vengeance and i think he's going to be much scarier this time yeah um i think it's really up in the air i would like daniel to win it and retire um if i was to put money on it though i think I would put it on Stipe in terms of just his overall size and frame. And I would, I think that in the beginning first few minutes of the previous match, um, he did have the upper hand against Cormier. And I think that he's going to be able to take it home this time, but I a hundred percent want Daniel Cormier to, to win that. It looks like it's, uh, it's pretty close in the like Vegas odds. Like probably the average is uh, Cormier minus one twenty five. Okay. Uh, so I mean that's not like a blowout per ch- like at all, right? No, no, that's still pretty pretty close. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a solid fight. That's interesting that the the betting odds have him um have him in the lead. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely seems to be uh, across the board advantage according to the betting sites, but. Uh, I mean, I would, it's, it's hard to bet against a guy who's never lost, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely, I mean, until he got knocked out, Stipe was considered probably the best heavyweight of all time, given the fact that he defended it for the most, defended the belt for the most amount of defenses. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a fight and heavyweights are always the most fun to watch. Yeah. Just that insane power. But then again, uh, the other fight too with, um, Paulo Costa versus Yoel Romero. Yeah. 
that's going to be just the, the both those guys have insane knockout power. They're ridiculously explosive. So I think that that's going to be another one that's going to be incredibly interesting and potentially have a quick knockout. Costa's undefeated, right? Yeah. It has him uh, in Vegas being the underdog, plus 120. <laughs> I feel like, crazy. I feel like people are afraid to bet against uh, Romero. Romero. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, then we can look at the co-main fight here. Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Anthony Pettis, Milwaukee, Milwaukee guy versus Nate Diaz. I mean, I feel like that's also, anytime you can watch Anthony Pettis fight is definitely worth it with his, he's definitely got the, uh, the show factor, right? Yeah. He's, he's, I don't know. He has that one knockout where he sp- sprints across the cage and then yeah. like, kicks some guys kicks guy right in the jaw. Yeah. In the, while he's completely in the air. Yeah. That's, uh, that's incredible. So I think that one's going to be really entertaining. Is that the coolest knockout in, in UFC history? Um, I mean, definitely up there. I mean, uh, what's his name's flying knee to Ben Askren's forehead's pretty awesome just because of how fast it happened. It was incredibly interesting to see, and I probably watched another 10 times after that, too. Yeah. that's. But I think, yeah, this uh, this one is probably the most, like, technically just oh. crazy knockout you'll see. Who do you think is going to win that fight, Pettis or Diaz? I think Pettis is going to win it, even though Nate Diaz is no joke. Right, he's beat uh, Conor McGregor, right? Yeah, he beat him. Yeah, and I mean that's that's nothing to turn your nose up against. Yeah. If you had to guess, who's the favorite in uh, Vegas? I would give it to Anthony Pettis. He is, but it's about the same margin as Cormier over uh, Stipe. Okay. How so about uh, Romero? Romero's the favored one in the other fight you said. Yeah, he's uh averaging like negative 150 so 100 dollars or 150 bucks to win a win 100 it's amazing you know how much uh you know how old romero is no take a guess uh i'm gonna get like 37 42 no way so we have two 40 year olds in the in the main card for this huh yeah that's incredible i can't believe that 42 and yeah, and he's jacked out of his mind. It looks like he's he's been taking steroids his entire life. <laughs> yeah, just with some of these guys you have to wonder, especially like Stipe. I mean, being 6'3", 240 with like a six pack. I'm sure they just they got him just right. I don't think he naturally has like a well, probably has a little bit. Well, not like a not like shredded like like a bodybuilder, but like it's there. You can see it. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Um, I think that Stipe is going to get this one, um, even though he's the underdog. I think Diaz is going to is going to lose. I think uh, Anthony Pettis is going to win, and then I think Yoel Romero. So I think the only upset is going to be the Cormier Stipe. fight. Um, but I do hope that Cormier pulls through. Yeah, it'd be great to see him just like yeah finish off his uh, career with a with a win to hold the belt and then uh, be over and done with. Yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, should we jump into the our experience with fasting? Yeah. I think those are the only three fights of anyone that I know. Yeah, I don't know the other guys. I'm sure there's going to be some pretty good fights, but I just don't know enough about those other guys. Yeah. It's a stacked card, so should be. Yeah, this is going to be one of the better ones. Um, so fasting, we both just got done, or we did one about a week ago, 
of doing a 72 hour fast. That was your first um, extended fasting experience. That was, I've done a couple of them, a handful. Um, before we done? Uh, I've done probably a dozen. A dozen uh, 72 hour fast? My longest one was, uh, what is five times 24? Um, 100 and what is that? What about 120 hour fast? Wow, 120? Yeah, so 120, 120 hour fast was my longest I've done. Um, before we get into our, our, uh, our, re- uh, how we, how we saw the fast and what happened, the results, let's, uh, out, let me give you a little bit of the health benefits that, that you can g- expect or that people have been reported. So, like the most obvious thing, which I don't think any of us really, cared about was uh re- reducing your bl- blood sugar and uh, reducing your insulin resistance which is why uh like people who have type 2 diabetes i think fasting is basically just a way to cure it um promotes uh kyle's not a doctor and has no medical insight into anything so hey that's an <laughs> argument from authority that's a logical fallacy <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Yeah, this is not medical advice, like for the seven people who are going to hear this. But uh, uh, it it reduces inflammation in your body. Uh, it it can improve your blood pressure, which I think those things all stem um, from the insulin resistance. The 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 things that I was most interested about, which I think I don't tell me if this is one of the reasons why you wanted to do it, was uh, it can improve your brain function and also kind of shield your body against. Uh, neurodegenerative disorders i didn't know that well i guess i guess uh no i didn't know that but i i don't know if i experienced any real cognitive gains it felt like i was a little bit a little bit off during it a little foggy a little foggy um but another not, oh go ahead i was gonna say another thing is it increases your hgh secretion which can uh, lead to better muscle mass. And the other two good things was it increases your uh, autophagy, which um, people are saying could help delay aging and uh, help with cancer for prevention. Hmm. Um, so that being said, how was your first 72-hour fast? Um, I'm, well, one, I, I'm, actually, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I think it was, it was definitely like challenging just not eating for 72 hours. But I, I, I think that it was just kind of like a, a little discipline test. And one, knowing that I can do that is awesome. You know, just don't eat for that period of time. And then two, there were some experiences within there that were really cool. Um, I did my standard workout where I did a chest workout. I started fasting on Sunday night. And then I did a, a full chest workout on Monday, as well as carrying out my daily activities. Tuesday, I did a squat workout, and it was on Tuesday that I actually noticed or it felt like I was stronger, which was a weird feeling. And I just blasted through my squat workout, went up in weights, and um, just had an amazing workout. And I was expecting to be kind of tired doing it. Yeah. And then Wednesday, I did a little workout, but that my Wednesday workout, I felt much more tired doing some buys and tries and, um, that was, I think it was beginning to get to me a little bit on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but the best thing about it was for me, and I don't know if you had the same experience, was once I ate, I made a pretty big meal of 
of tacos, just some with lots of vegetables and whatnot. And when I ate, I was just in a pure state of bliss. And a lot of times after I eat, I kind of sink down into kind of a, a foggy, sleepy state. But after eating, I was just in a pure state of bliss while eating and after eating. And it was just, I'm trying to think of an experience that is similar where I just felt like an insane amount of like um, happiness. Yeah, just the endorphins rushing into your your brain just. Yeah. So I wonder if that is like the, the bacteria. They say that a lot of times you can change your diet for depression because your bacteria have a big impact on your um, mental state as well. So I'm wondering if it's kind of fasting for 72 hours and then providing my gut biome with food again, that created all those endorphin releases to reward me for eating again. That's actually a a thing I never thought of before. Uh, Yeah, because people say that your emotions are absolutely tied to your your gut biome. Um, It's it's like the biggest part of our central nervous system. There's more uh, bacteria and microbes in your gut than there are cells in our body. Like um, they, they call it the second brain, right? Trust your gut. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never thought like, is that their way of saying like, hey, good job for eating. Like we're rewarding you. Yeah, it was, also, it was, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say also, uh, I, I've heard that uh, in the research I've, I've looked at that it can like cleanse your body of like the bad bacteria that also grows because there's there's not just good bacteria in your gut there's also ones that uh can lead to inflammation and digest uh the wrong things like gluten and like you don't really want that in your in your gut biome and i've heard it kind of resets the balance and that's like the basis of your immune system is your gut yeah i felt yeah i felt really good i didn't feel like sickly or anything i just felt really Good, except for I, I just did feel a little bit weak. And I, but I, the weird thing is, I didn't have cravings for food. It was just like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not allowed to eat, so I'm not eating. I didn't think about it too much. But if given the opportunity, I could have eaten a lot. Oh, yeah. But it was just because of that, that reward for eating at the end, that was probably like one of the best meals I've ever had. And because of that, just all those endorphins and just this insane state of happiness, I would highly recommend it to every, anyone. And I, I was telling my dad this story and uh, he was like, oh, damn, like I got to try that. <laughs> and so he did it himself, but he didn't, I, I didn't have a chance to fully um, get his take on it yet. But, it, you know, it's a, kind of a, a motivating other people to do the same thing, which is cool. Yeah, I think at the very least, it's a, a great exercise for your discipline, which is probably arguably the best trait that you can have, right? Yeah. Um, even listen to Jocko, that's his favorite trait, right? Uh, discipline leads to freedom, right? And uh, I think... You said it wrong. <laughs> you say it. Discipline equals freedom. Equals freedom. Um, and uh, I think at the very least, it's worth it just to know you can Cause I mean, just like your confidence after is like, you're, you're looking at all these people complaining, like, Oh, it's time for lunch. And you're like, Oh, if they only knew it's like, I haven't eaten for 60 hours. Like these, these weaklings. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting with the way he described it. It was just, you know, I, I just didn't eat and I was perfectly fine. Didn't think anything of it, you know, just cared about my activities, but I definitely noticed like a little bit of a decline in terms of, I felt 
a little bit slower. Um, yeah, but also that is a pretty that's a pretty aggressive fast for you. You've have you ever not eaten for twenty four hours at all? Yeah, like back in the day, doing mm-hmm. some like church fasting. But the thing is, we were able to have juice during that, so I don't know if it technically counted because we were consuming calories. Oh yeah, like that's definitely sugar. So yeah. like uh, yeah, I would say that's still eating just in liquid form. Yeah, but then again, but, I've also through wrestling, um, I've significantly cut down on my diet for days yeah now there was an element there but i think i would always snack on something i think i think it's a lot easier to just say i'm not eating than try to like restrict your calories for three months in a row i think there's a it's way easier to be like well i can just have an extra piece and now you're not restricting your calories anymore for like people who do this to try to lose weight do you think that there's any benefit to not eating for fasting to lose weight? Oh, absolutely. Um, so some of the research that I was looking at, uh, basically, once you get into a fasted state, your body, uh, the ketones that your body produces, uh, basically, like, lock down your muscle and say, like, we do not eat this away. Like, this, we need this so we can hunt. And this probably goes way back to when we're cavemen. Like, people weren't eating every day all day, right? They'd have to go hunt. And if you didn't kill anything, maybe you have a handful of nuts or something, but you're, that's it. Yeah. If you're, if you can consistently fast, I guess it would definitely because you're decreasing your calorie intake. Yeah. And I think, I think it's an easier way because like you see a lot of the research and like, how does, how should these people lose weight? And they're like, well, you should eat like 15, 50 calorie meals a day. But the thing is like, you're just, eating like the tiny calories and you're never satisfied, but you're always still like in the fed state. So your, your body, I think is just spends way more time being not satisfied. Huh? That would what be my think, anecdotal experiences. What do you think? So at the end of dodgeball, uh, Ben Stiller's <laughs> character is just uh, pounding chicken wings and chips. And it's like, a- he probably weighs about like 600 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So what happens if like, uh, insanely obese person goes on a fast do you think they could probably break the record for the longest fast so i think there actually is a medical example of this of a a scottish man who fasted for over a year under doctor supervision and he ended up losing like 300 pounds or something oh wow yeah so he was taking like minerals and vitamins to make sure he didn't get into any like hyper deficiencies but no calories is that so he just weighed? Oh, yeah, you're right. Looks like Barbiri, Barbiri. He was a 27-year-old from Tayport, Scotland. And um, he initially wanted to do a short fast. And then the uh, because the doctors were saying that it would be better to do a short one compared to the longer ones. Yeah. And then he decided to extend it. He adapted so well and was eager to reach his ideal weight. So for 382 days, ending in July of 1966, consumed vitamins, electrolytes, zero-calorie beverages such as tea, coffee, sparkling water, and occasionally small amounts of milk and sugar with the beverages during the final weeks of the fast. Oh my! Incredible. Started off at 156 pounds, and then afterward, he weighed uh, 180. Wait, what? After, so he started at 456. Oh, I thought you said 156. I was like, wait, he gained 30 pounds? <laughs> 456 to 180. Wow. And after that, he moved to Warwick 
and uh, had two sons there. Excellent. Yeah. See, like if you think about it, our body knows what it's doing and it, it you eat all this stuff, it's not going to waste it. Like it's there for a reason, right? Like you get fat deposits because that's energy that you can use if, if there is a time when you run out of food. He so, died when he was 50 though. Yeah. That could be from a lot of things. How, yeah. He probably would have died earlier if he stayed 480 pounds or whatever. What, what a cool example of someone that just exercised extreme discipline. Could you imagine not eating for over a year? <laughs> Here's your vitamin. <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible. I wonder how, what the, what, what's the rate? 382, uh, 382 days, and then he lost 276 pounds. So 276 divided by 382. Is he lost an average of, of about three quarters of a pound each day. So multiply that times 3,500, which is how many calorie deficit you need to burn a pound of fat. Oh, shoot. So times, what was it? Times uh, what? 3,500. 3,500. 2,528. Wow. I don't What's know where your... I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, um, dude, that's insane. Oh, no. So that, that's, that was his calorie output per day. So about 2,600. I think what you average. should try to do is go on the on the seafood diet and just eat everything within your path and try and stretch your stomach out um kobayashi style yeah. until you beat this guy's weight so you're weighing maybe like close to 500 pounds and then go on the fast and break that record kyle you want to see extreme <laughs> just start eating like a bunch of cookies and candy and mayonnaise like hot dogs and butter and, yeah <laughs> Like without the cookies and candies, the mayonnaise and butter is basically just the keto diet, right? <laughs> oh my God. That'd we be... should do one on the keto diet. We should try it for like six weeks. That'd be interesting to do. Because apparently once your body gets fat adapted, there's like genetic changes that happen to your body and like your body just be, like turns into a superhuman basically. I think that yeah. can be something that we could explore for a podcast at some point in time. Yeah, maybe try to get a few people to join on and we can make a little community of it to see if you can gain muscle like based on like you that'd be basically for you you could test the theory of uh ketones maintaining your muscle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you would have to have some certain goals out of that. Like I I could I could use I could lose a little bit of body fat. Um but yeah, it'd be interesting to maintain strength. What would be interesting is if you could maintain or gain muscle and shred the body fat i guess if you're uh, the nice thing about that is if you're super disciplined about your diet it carries through into other areas and so i'm sure you'd be more inclined to to be consistent about your exercise as well yeah while you're focusing super hard on uh on your diet uh, yeah it's going to lead to discipline in other aspects of your life your you probably your workouts are going to be more intense and more gratifying and so discipline, I think Jocko's right. Discipline leads to freedom. God damn, said it wrong again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just kind of a basic podcast for today. Any uh, elements that you want to add to this, Kyle? Anything else? Any other things in the news you want to touch on? Or Well, there's a lot of things in the news I want to touch on, but we should do that for a different one. Yeah, I agree. Um, what I will say is we can end with the catchphrase generator of the day which is unpleasant foot-in-mouth failure, which uh, 
as we were talking about earlier, if you take into consideration the, what Anthony Pettis is famous for, that's a creepily accurate catchphrase of the day. <laughs> and the weird thing, too, we were talking about is that this catchphrase generator that we use is always on point. So somehow they're listening in. So if anybody can provide us with that explanation, is it going through our phones? Is it going through Discord? What is it? What is, is it just uh, internet search history? Maybe it's just yeah, maybe that's probably it. Yeah, it's but uh, we don't know. If anyone does, let us know. Otherwise, you want to close really? us out? Um, well, that's it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. That's it. Yay! The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.